This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Kinsey. Starting now. Good afternoon and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinsey. On today's show, we welcome host of the Zotom Podcast, Daniel Belt, on the show. Daniel, thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Really glad that we can have you on, Daniel. Tell our viewers a little bit about your show and how and when it started. Right, so the Zotime uh, podcast is basically just a podcast and we talk all things Lakers and it's pretty much anything Laker related. It's covered on the page daily and then I do a talk show once a week, basically just coming up with thoughts on what the Lakers are going to do in free agency, how the team's looking on the court and just anything like that. This all started about a month and a half ago when uh, my friends at Hoops and Brews decided to just make a Laker content page, and that's basically how it started. They're the ones that came up with the idea, and I've just been taking back off of what they've been doing and just focusing on the Lakers only. And how can my viewers reach your show? All right, they can follow me on uh, Twitter at, at Zotime Podcast. They can also subscribe to the uh, Zotime Podcast on SoundCloud, as well as they can tune into the Dash Radio for the uh, Nothing But Net station on Tuesday nights from, I believe it is, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the West Coast. Okay, you guys heard that. Check out the Zotime Podcast. Okay, so as most of my viewers know, I'm a huge Lakers fan. I've former Lakers on the show all the time. And if they aren't a former Laker, I still ask them about my team and the story surrounding them. We saw many different things in last night's game against the Orlando Magic, including the most important, a Lakers win to reach 29 wins on the season, the most since the 2012-13 season, that this team will compete till the final horn as they trailed by around 14 early. They can still win games without key contributors in Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. And they also have luck if you saw the replay of the final few seconds. So, Daniel, tell us what you thought about their performance from the Lakers last night. It was both great and it was both shit. It was, you should not be down 15 of the Magic at any point. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it was purely, it was pure madness in the first half. We came out flat like we have been recently. Who do we lose? We came out flat against the Portland Trailblazers and we came out flat without uh, the Orlando Magic. So that's expected, though, with Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart being out. That's still no excuses. The Lakers are a team on the rise. They're trying to win as many games as they can and just should never be down 15 to a tanking team. But, I mean, they showed great heart in the second half, uh, basically coming back, taking the lead, and even expanding that into a 10-point lead, I believe, into the fourth quarter, so the 25-point swing right there. And then all hell broke loose in the fourth quarter. Couldn't buy a bucket in the final uh, four minutes, I believe, of the game. My uh, my takeaway from that is we went to Isaiah Thomas' hero ball to end the game again, and much like against the Portland Trailblazers, it just wasn't there. The savior for last night's game was Brooke Lopez, in my opinion. Got bucket after bucket in the fourth quarter. But we don't win that game if Lonzo Ball doesn't score 13 in the third quarter. He had a uh, – it wasn't a great night overall, but the third quarter we saw a great stretch from him, hitting a few three-pointers, getting to the hoop. 
Uh, saw some great defense. I don't know if you saw that play on Jonathan Isaac. It was absolutely phenomenal. His defense is very underrated this year. Uh, one yep. thing about Lonzo's defense also. Um, Lonzo's defense has exceeded expectations. Followed him a bit at UCLA with the, uh, the way he played defense. And I don't know whether he just didn't perform as great as I thought he would at UCLA with defense or just like a total like team scheme. It just wasn't there. Fast forward to this season, and it's probably the most impressive thing I've seen from his game is just how well he can play defense, how well and how quick his hands are, just how he's able to uh, recover once he's gotten beat off the dribble. He's like pretty well. He understands uh, the pass, how to get a hand up. I think he had 10 deflections to get the San Antonio Spurs a couple games ago, the game he got six steals in. So it's just it's fantastic with how great his defense has uh, been this season. The narrative, I think, for Alonzo has been he doesn't care about defense, but seriously, he can play. Uh, he's had a couple games this year, I think, with four blocks in a game, which is absolutely yeah. unheard of for a rookie point guard. Point guard in general, general, but a rookie point guard, it's just unheard of. And you see his anticipation, the way he gets the steals, times the blocks correctly. And he had a couple blocks last night that they didn't count. They called him as a foul. Yeah. He really got into play. That deflection, I don't know if they counted that as a steal or a block. I know he had another block before that. Um, yeah, I think he had uh, two steals and a block last night. <laughs> see, he's bringing it every single night. It's not just since he's returned that he's brought great defense. He had, I think he's had like a three-game stretch with at least three seals since returning. He's been absolutely great. His shot's fallen. What do you see from Lonzo in the future, and how would you grade his rookie campaign? I'm a Lakers homer, so I'm going to say A-plus. I, I think he's, even though he shot, like, he shot horrendously to start the season, I think he's almost exceeded expectations for just what we wanted to see. I mean, we see a point guard in the future that can average 18, 10, 7 with two steals and a block per game. And that's at least, that's just almost being um, pessimistic about it. His shot has gotten better. He can get 10 assists a game almost every single night if he wanted to. And then he can crash the boards. And I just... I think the ceiling is the roof for the kid. I think he can be a potential MVP candidate, make a couple all-first uh, all teams for both all-NBA and all-first team defense as well. Lonzo has been great in my opinion, but I know everybody talks about his shot and say it's broke. Mm-hmm. It's not broke. He's shooting about 34% from three now. But yeah. the thing that really concerns me is his finishing ability. He's shown flashes yep. in the beginning. He could do crazy, mm-hmm. um, crazy shots, but he kind of struggles with it. I don't know why he struggles with it because he's quite athletic, even though some people said coming out at UCLA, he wasn't the most athletic player, which I think they're totally wrong on. I think he's very athletic. But what, do you think he can – change his finishing ability next year and do you think it will continue for his career? Um, just watching him, I don't know if he'll ever be a great finisher. Just, he sometimes he looks uncoordinated, uncoordinated, try to finish around around, but it's just it's not there yet and 
I just think he needs to be okay at finishing because if he's just decent at finishing, his stats will go up. Hopefully, we can work on his uh, teardrop because that's going to be probably the thing he needs to work on the most. Because after he gets the ball at the three-point line, pump fake, drive in, and just finish the teardrop after. And I think having Isaiah Thomas on the team can help him with that tremendously. You know, Isaiah is too small to really get in the paint consistently, so he goes to where they like to call it no man's land, right in, you get a screen right in the middle. Um, So what do you think Alonzo can take away from Isaiah with maybe his short time with the Lakers? Um, Like you said, just how he finishes in traffic. I mean, Isaiah Thomas has to come up with an extreme wave on how to finish the ball, and hopefully Alonzo can kind of see that you can also kind of learn how Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Thomas comes off of pick and rolls and like how we see the floor facing on a facing on attacking because Isaiah Thomas can score at will basically even though he's five nine in the right system. I just think Lonzo needs to develop the attack mentality that Isaiah Thomas has as well. Speaking of Isaiah Thomas the Lakers announced today that Isaiah Thomas is changing his number from number seven to number three, the number he wore in Cleveland this year. He was able to do this because the Lakers wed Corey Brewer last week. But what do you think of the change, and do you think he will get we will get a better Isaiah? I just don't understand why. Like, I I really don't. He he wasn't number three in Boston, right? No, he's number four. So I, I don't understand it. It's, I mean, why does he have to replace Devin George's number like that? I don't know. I saw that tweet <laughs> earlier. Okay. <laughs> so when Isaiah returns as Boston Isaiah, are we going to retire the short-lived number seven and number three? <laughs> I don't think it's in L.A. past this year, man. Hey, he's uh, sending home it to Kobe, his favorite player. Yeah. I don't know. I, it doesn't really make any sense to me. I feel bad for people who bought Isaiah jerseys already. I was thinking about it, but after that one her in this game, I just couldn't do it. Uh, it just killed yeah. me. But I, I might get one as an antique if he doesn't uh, – if it goes cheap on NBAstore.com. Yeah. Oh, that would be like a cool jersey to wear to a party or wear to like something funny because it would be like one of those rare jerseys that uh, all – what was this? Like, uh, Isaiah Thomas might finish top 100 players of all time. It would be just cool to, for like a player like that to have just a random jersey, kind of like the Dennis Rodman Lakers jersey and et cetera. Okay, so everyone talks about this upcoming free agent class with superstars like LeBron James, Paul George, and DeMarcus Cousins hitting the market mm-hmm. this summer. Everyone wants to know what will happen with these guys and all have been linked to the Lakers as we can clear almost $70 million in cap space if everything goes well. But with cap space comes with players' contract expiring. With key contributors like Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Isaiah Thomas, and others looking for new deals, the front office is in a tricky situation. If you're Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson, what would you do in free agency? First things first, I'm re-signing Julius Randle. That's number one priority in my books. He's 23. He has shown an int- just a very impressive uh, growth in year four for him, which should be year three since we were robbed of his uh, first year due to him breaking his leg. But just got to re-sign Julius Randle and figure out everything else after that. Um, 
there's a way to get Paul George and LeBron, as well as re-signing Julius Randle. You just got to trade Luol Deng away, and I they might package that with the Cleveland pick that we got, and maybe Minnesota. <laughs> they want a uh, reunion. Yeah, they got to get joking. No, as well. Uh, he might get bought out too. Um, that salary cap hell right there. Okay, so a lot of people that uh, we saw the billboard come up in LA this week. Mm-hmm. Do you want LeBron James a Laker? I, I'm kind of mixed on it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. As a diehard Laker fan that is that grew up a huge Kobe fan, I've always got into the Kobe LeBron debates. If LeBron James can lead the Lakers to the 17th title, I sure let's let's get him. But if not, if we aren't going to win a championship for LeBron, I don't want him. That's basically it. That's how I uh, look at it. I'd be fine with us getting LeBron, like you said, if we win a championship. But if we're just competing in the West for a few years, I'll take Paul George. I'd be 110% fine with Paul George, Julius Randle, Lonzo, B.I., yeah. Kuzma in the future. Yep. Um, but with uh, you've got some other players on expiring deals like Brooke Lopez, KCP, and Isaiah. What would you do with those guys? I think the player I'd like to keep the most out of those three would be probably Brooke Lopez. Yeah. I, th- I think a stretch five in today's NBA does wonders. And you can kind of see it with uh, Lonzo and Brooke when they do like the pick and pop situation or uh, when Ben and Ingram and Lopez do it together. I just think a stretch five provides so much to an NBA team this, in today's NBA. So I'd say if we can get Brooke Lopez assigned for uh, you know, probably wanting. $10 million per year. If we strike out on everywhere else, I would like to re-sign Brooke over KCP because I think Josh Hart can replace KCP and what he brings to the table. We just don't really have a Brooke Lopez on the team right now. That's what we want Thomas Bryant to be. But I, I, like I guess. Bryant. Yeah. I think he's going to do great in the future. I wouldn't say great. I think if we get LeBron, Paul George, and everything they want to do it, it would not surprise me at all if they start Thomas Bryant next year. I think he'll have a big summer. I'm really excited to see what he can do in summer league. It wouldn't surprise me if they started Thomas Bryant, if they can't get Brooke Lopez back. But, yeah, like you said, go ahead. Basically because LeBron would need a set five on the court. That's where you're going with it, and I like it. But, uh, yeah, I'd probably go with Brooke Lopez. I really, I really like what he did. Had a 34-point game this year. I think he had 29, 27 last night. Uh, if you just give him the ball, he'll score. Uh, it's that simple. He, uh, when he was introduced as a Laker, uh, Rob Palenka and Magic raved about how if the offense is uh, not, not doing very well, they can just throw it in the Brooke Lopez, get him the bucket, and then they can get the offense later. I really like um, what Brooks done. He wants to be a Laker. He's been a Laker fan all his life. Grew up in Southern California. Uh, I'd really love to see Brooks back. But I do – I'm one of the few that actually really like Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Other than his – Contavious, yeah. Other than his jailbird stretch, he's been pretty good. Yep. Uh, he's done great the last two months. I think uh, in his last 13 games, I'm pretty sure he's averaging over 18 points per game. Been doing great. His defense hasn't been as great as I'd hoped in the last uh, couple weeks. But he's been carrying the offensive load, helping Julius Randle and Lonzo. 
Um, I just think that he's a good fit with them. But like you said, we have also have Josh Hart. But it's going to really yeah. depend on what, what they do in the draft, whether they want to get a backup point guard or shooting guard. You don't know what they're going to do. But you can also look for some cheap options in free agency. And then the last person we talk about is Isaiah Thomas, who said publicly he wants to return as a Laker. He's going to try and do whatever he can the last few games to prove he should be a Laker. What do you think about uh, Isaiah returning for a second year? Like I've said to anyone that will listen, if Isaiah Thomas is willing to be the sixth man for the Los Angeles Lakers going forward, I would take him in a heartbeat. I think his scoring punch off the bench would help this team tremendously. Just we, I don't think a Lonzo Isaiah Thomas starting backcourt would be nice, but I think they could play 10, 12 minutes per game together and a stretch and be okay. It's just, I don't know about Isaiah Thomas long-term, but six-man for a year or two while we figure it out and just look more appealing to free agents if we strike out again would be helpful because he is, he was, what, a top-five MVP candidate last year. So, I mean, he does have talent. It's just he has many flaws. And I don't know. It'd be tough to keep him for anything crazy numbers-wise. But like I said, six-man spot for him would be perfect, I think, on this team. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, he's kind of – he'll fill the, um, the Jordan Clarkson role – but Clarkson's obviously a bigger player. But I think Isaiah's been a clear upgrade in the passing game. He had seven assists yep. tonight to go along with over 20 points. And really what you've seen is uh, the connection between Isaiah and Julius Randle has been phenomenal. Uh, you're getting lobs. Julius Randle, if you remember the first two years, couldn't catch a lob to save his life. And with uh, yep. Isaiah Thomas, uh, he's able to actually catch a lob and it's uh, opened a whole new dynamic in his game. So I, I I would bring him back. I wouldn't go over twelve million a year to bring him back. Essentially, the same uh, around the same dollars per year that Jordan Clarkson is getting. But it all depends yeah. on who we bring in in free agency. If we bring in LeBron and Paul George, no, he won't be back. You already know what happened with LeBron and Isaiah. Yeah. Um, but he's a good option if we just get Paul George. I can see those two working together pretty well. Yeah. One last thing. Okay, DeMarcus, one last thing on the uh, free agency. DeMarcus Cousins, we've also been linked to him. He had a, I think it's, I don't know if it's Achilles or ACL injury this year. But what do you think about the potential of signing DeMarcus Cousins uh, along with either LeBron James or Paul George? I don't think there's any potential. I think he's staying in New Orleans. I, from everything that he and AD have been saying, I I would be completely shocked if he chose anyone but New Orleans. I would love to have him on the Lakers. He's a tremendous talent. Coming back from an Achilles injury is going to be tough, but I, he has the offensive tools to kind of contrast what you lose coming back from an Achilles injury, but I, he's not leaving New Orleans. I agree with that. I'd rather have – of those three, if you choose one, you got to choose one only. Who are you picking? Uh, who? LeBron, I, yeah, LeBron, I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd probably go with Paul George. I have a theory. I think LeBron James going to the Knicks. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> Just listen. You got, okay, LeBron wants to go to the Lakers, apparently, for his after-career success with the big market. That's just like New York. I know he's got houses in L.A., but just think about it. 
And then he's got a young rising star, Kershaw Forzingis. He's got Gary Payton, not the our Gary Payton, but they got a young uh, a player like Gary Payton and Frank Nittalakina. Yeah. They'll have a good draft yeah. pick this year. They'll have cap space. They already got. Uh, they can re-sign Ennis Canner, who LeBron knows is tough. If you, uh, it's all on the social media. I just yeah, yeah. Think it works with LeBron. I don't know. That's just my dark horse pick. I, I don't really want him on the Lakers. I don't see him going to the Rockets either. I don't really see him going to Philadelphia. I think it's between either the Cavs or the Knicks for LeBron. Okay, so are you adding into this that he's going to go to the Knicks, Phil Jackson left, and LeBron's going to get the Knicks back to the promised land to spite Phil Jackson? Is that where you're going with this as well? Yes. Okay. I mean, that makes it, that gives it a different angle that makes it, it's almost something LeBron would do just to add to his legacy and stuff like that. I, I don't know. If you can be the person that turns you on the Knicks, I think you you should be already in the top two discussion because they've been dreadful for years. Uh, his buddy Carmelo couldn't do it. Let's see if Car- uh, LeBron can. But I just think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think the Rockets make sense because – I know what they said with OKC, there's only one basketball. I think that also applies with the Rockets. But they've worked uh, – Chris Paul and Harden have worked together. But I just don't see how it can work it out uh, with cap space. I just don't see it and have a decent bench. See, I think that differs with OKC because Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo are all ball-first players. Chris Paul and James Harden have shown that they're willing passers, and LeBron's obviously shown he's a willing passer. So I think they can make it work and use them. I think they're the actual front runners to land LeBron. It's just I don't know if LeBron wants in his legacy, hey, I went to the number one seed in the West winter ring. That's, that's where I have issues with whether, whether or not LeBron's going to go to Houston. They would have to trade everyone, I believe. They'd also have to renounce the rights to Clint Capella, who... I'm actually interested in the Lakers signing this season if all if all else failed. Was that you that tweeted that today? Uh, no, I think someone else tweeted that they'd sign Clint Capella, and I was like, huh. Yeah, I, I saw that. I thought he'd signed a big extension. I didn't. I never thought about Clint Capella signing with the Lakers. Yeah, that'd be an interesting idea because he's not a stretch five, but he can catch lobs, he can play defense, and he's athletic. So. I think he's a he's a good version of Ivetsa Zubats, what we'd hope Ivetsa Zubats would turn into, a player that can, I just saw last year, he can just catch the ball and get a little layup. But that was with Jordan Clarkson. Uh, he hasn't been able to catch the basketball this year. That's what Clint Capella specializes with. And Ivetsa's yeah. not as athletic, clearly. But what Clint Capella provides is shot blocking, rebounding, and he's a rim runner. And that's perfect for the Rockets. I think that'd be perfect for Lonzo also. And Brendan Ingram. Yeah. Okay. So I, I had this one question I wanted to ask. I was having this uh, discussion with uh, the people over at Hoops and Brews. If you're LeBron, I, I know Ben Simmons is probably better than Ben Ingram right now. But if you're LeBron, who do you fit better with, Ben Ingram or Ben Simmons? As I uh, counting the other players, or just uh, if you just had a two-on-two game. Uh, it's within uh, an NBA game, so five people on each team. With their current, like, 76ers or Lakers or just, like, the same players on each team? Uh, 76ers and Lakers. Would you rather join Ben Simmons, who can't shoot and space the floor, or would you rather shoot, or would you rather join Ben and Ingram, who can kind of shoot and doesn't have that floor spacing? 
if I'm LeBron, I don't think that I think it's a there's definitely a gap between Ingram and Simmons, but I think Ingram has a better potential to be a scorer. And I, okay. he's an he can also catch Simmons in passing. He's been really good passing the basketball. I think Ingram has a higher ceiling. And if I'm LeBron, I choose Ingram because what he can do off the ball. Uh, Simmons is more of a ball dominant player. Ingram can uh, Ingram works around. He uh, I loved watching Brandon Ingram the other night. I don't I can't remember what game he got injured in. It hurt his ankle, but he had a huge poster dunk, and that was like wow. And he just kept yeah, all the lobs. What Lonzo likes to do, LeBron also likes to do, it's throw the ball to the head. That's what Ingram does. Yep. I don't think Simmons Simmons likes to dribble the ball in the fast break. Ingram just likes to catch it and get buckets. Yep. So I, I think for LeBron, he'd fit better with Ingram. But okay. Simmons is probably the better player. Yep. But just, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, with 21 wins, we are still kind of in the playoff picture. Kind of, uh, you can argue about it. But standing at 11 in the West and five and a half games back from the eighth and final playoff spot, and also getting Brandon Ingram back soon, our savior, do you see either A, we make the playoffs, or B, we reach 41 wins? Man, I – there's no way we make the playoffs. I – Every team ahead of us went on the insane run that we've gone on, and we haven't made up any ground in the past 15 games. So I don't expect that to happen. So I'd probably go with option B to get closer to 41 wins. It looks like 39 right now, 38-39. That's what I'm hoping for. Just shows there's great. Yeah, yeah. You can show the free agents that we can win. If this team can get anywhere near 500, this season will be an A-plus in my books. That's just how I see it. We've Alonzo missed 20 games or 20 games or more. Ingram's missed time. Brooke Lopez has missed time. Contavious was in jail for a couple games. Uh, Josh Hart basically broke his finger at the worst possible time. We had the trade hat. Like, there's been so many outside forces, yet this Lakers team has impressed the hell out of me and I think other Lakers fans as well. I mean, We've already had the most wins this season that we have in the past four or five years. So there's hope, there's optimism, and this team just gels well together. If we reach 41 wins, Luke Walton's got to win Coach of the Year. I don't think there's any debate about it. You have to give Luke Walton Coach of the Year. But we'd also be in the uh, playoff picture for sure. We'd probably uh, be in the playoffs, uh, probably a lock. If we hadn't had that nine-game losing streak, uh, Long yeah, that was, that was, missed a bunch of games, I think eight games in that stretch. But that's one of the big parts. I, that just killed us. Uh, and we were close in most of the games. Yep. Like, now going back to that December schedule when we played the Warriors, Rockets, and Cavs, and the Warriors as well, I don't think people realize we only lost by like three points each time we played those teams. Like, I was at the Portland-Laker uh, game in Portland in November. I mean, we lost on the buzzer beater to Dane. The next time we played the Blazers, we lost by three. And this last time, we had a 10-point lead with five minutes to go. So this, not only are the Lakers beating tanking teams, but they're playing playoff teams incredibly close. And I just I don't think they get enough credit for that. So who have we beat? We beat the Rockets, the Celtics. We're going to beat the Cavs coming up. But I think Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. are going to go crazy against us, but I'm scared about that one. But I think we'll beat them. Uh, we took the Warriors to overtime twice, lost by yeah. seven the next time. 
about beat the Blazers twice, beat the Spurs twice. Hey, we might win the season series against the Spurs. That is a huge personal accomplishment for the Lakers. Uh, we almost beat, we almost beat the Timberwolves. The other uh, we had a big lead and we blew it at the end. Um, who else can you think of? Uh, we beat the Seventy Sixers. We beat the Pacers. We beat the Heat. Um, those are just three playoff teams right there. We beat D'Angelo Russell in the Nets. That's we a- beat the Nuggets. We beat the Nuggets earlier in the season. Where, was it at a Staples or was it in Denver? Um, I think that was in LA when uh, Jokic got thrown out. Yeah. Yeah. That was. You don't win in Denver. No, not at all. Uh, we almost we almost beat the Bucks. Alonzo triple double game. Yep. Okay, so we saw a great performance from starting center Brooke Lopez last night, scoring 27 points, carrying us down the stretch, and also hitting the game-winning free throws. It seems like Brooke Lopez is figuring it out with this team, which will absolutely help us if we think at all we have a shot at the playoffs. What do you think about Brooke last night and what he's been able to bring to the table all year long? I just want to give a huge shout-out to Brooke Lopez. We uh, went to high school in Fresno, San Joaquin Memorial alum. That's, uh, I'm from Fresno, so love seeing Brooke Lopez do well. And, I mean, that's the first 27.0 rebound game in 50 years. But I think it was I think it was great. He played in the post. His, uh, he took less threes than I've seen him take in a while. He realized he wasn't hot from three last night, so he said, you know what? I'm going to get my big ass in the post, and I'm going to go to work. He also showed, I honestly thought he was going to split the free throws, and we were going to head to overtime. He shut me up and made both. And I think if the Lakers want to make a push, he's going to have to get 18-5 and five the rest of the season, which is doable. And the kind of offense we're doing right now, it seems that... Isaiah Thomas is initiating more of the offense, and Lonzo's just initiating the transition game. And then once Isaiah gets it in the half court, he likes to throw it down to Brooke in the post and let watch him go to work. So I think Brooke can average 18 and 5 and help us make this final playoff push. And if he can do that, his price tag for next season is going to go up. I don't know if we'll be able to sign him, but obviously I want to get as close to playoffs as we can this year. Brooke's going to be key. I have one goal for Brooke Lopez for the rest of the season. Don't get postered. That's my one goal. <laughs> Uh, but Uh-oh, I, he's playing the Larry Nance again. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm worried about. <sighs> March 11th. But I, I really like what I'm seeing from Brooke Lopez. I think, yeah, he was one for four from three-point lane last night and hit a big one down the stretch, I think with like two or three minutes left, his first hit of the night. I uh, loved what he's doing. Have you noticed, I, I've never seen him doing the past, but now he's just facing up. It's just an interesting thing I've seen. Uh, he's trying to bank it on the right side. Have you noticed him doing that? Uh, he did it a lot in Brooklyn. I, I didn't notice it, but i just been seeing it the last couple of games. I thought it was pretty cool. I've, I've always been a pretty big Brooke Lopez fan. I was a big Nets. I really liked the Nets when they had um, the Pierce and KG trade. I, okay. I, I had them in the finals against Dwight Howard and uh, James Harden. So that's how much times have changed. Um, yep. But I really like Brooke Lopez. I think we can we can definitely sign him back. Um, just a great saying. Okay, I said earlier about Luke Walton possibly winning Coach of the Year. What do you think about Coach Luke uh, being in that uh, conversation? He's 
I don't care record-wise what we are. It's just the way he's been able to inspire team basketball, get this team to play defense. I could care less about record-wise. I can care less if he wins it. To me, he's a top coach, and he's shown it this season just off of basically his team buying into a team-first mentality and defense. If he can get the 41 wins, that just adds to his resume right there. Going forward with the young players we have, if they already buy in defensively, he'll have next uh, offseason to put in an offense that fits everybody. So, in the beginning of the year, I had some questions with Luke regarding rotations, and it seems lately he's been pushing all the right buttons, plugging players in at the right positions. He deserves a ton of credit for uh, taking Tyler Ennis out of the starting lineup when Lonzo was hurt and putting Bennett in. It's, yeah, it was uh, we went 0-9 with Tyler Innes as our starting point guard, and then we take him out and put Brandon Ingram in, and then, holy hell, we look like a new team again. I, I cannot watch it. I turn the TV off when um, Tyler Innes gets in, and I wait for the Mike Trudell tweet to say Tyler Innes gets a break. That's what I'm watching <laughs> every single game where Innes gets in. I can't even watch crunch time, even though yeah. I see Thomas Bryant, because Tyler Innes is in the game. I've screamed and screamed and screamed when he's on the court. But, yeah, uh, most of the most comments about bad comments I've seen about Luke Walton were his rotations at the beginning, but we haven't yep. seen him in the ending. Um, I think a lot of credit now has been because he got more trust in Julius Randle and put him in the starting five. Yep. And like you said, pushing all the right buttons. He loves uh, to push all of Julius Randle's buttons mm-hmm. and get him motivated. I like that. That's a Phil Jackson thing. Um, I, I really like that. And something I think he deserves a lot more credit than. Isaiah wasn't um, a phenomenal, and he has been getting great shots right, when, right before the All-Star break. But I knew after the All-Star break, he would implement an offense to get Isaiah Thomas good looks. I had trust in him that he'd do that, and he's done it so far. That's it. Um, he hit six threes the other night against Miami. I think, I think he's done a really great job at getting um, the offense situated for all the new players. I'm waiting to see what we can do with Channing Fry, though. I'm kind of excited. Um, hey, you were talking about LeBron needs to stretch five. He knows Channing Fry pretty well. That might be an option to bring back next year also. Yeah, it's always an option, maybe off the bench. I, I think Channing Fry's starting days are done. Yeah, I wouldn't start him, but I think he'd be a good veteran presence on the bench for uh, Thomas Bryant. Hopefully he gets well soon. But, uh, I think Luke Walton had something to do with that trade because uh, Channing Fry is an Arizona guy. And yep, very much so. Every, he, I remember when he was uh, filling out a staff, uh, it was all Arizona. Jesse Mermaid's from Arizona. Um, is Matt? Not, no, not Madsen. It's uh, Judd Buechler. Is he from Arizona? Ooh. And Shaw's obviously one of his assistant coaches. Yeah, yeah. So he has connections with all these guys. Uh, and then who's the one? Brian Keith. That's the one that helped Durant out. So he has yeah, yeah. connections with most of these guys. So, um, But I really like what Walden's been doing, and I think he keeps adding to his resume with each game. Uh, but Daniel... Thank you so much for coming on to the show, uh, telling us about your show and your thoughts on the Lakers. You were an absolutely great guest. Love talking Lakers with anybody. Uh, we would love to have you back on sometime. Hey, I'd, I'd love to be back on. Thanks for having me. It's always fun talking Lakers basketball with anybody. Obviously more with your guys' podcast and you guys' show. It's pretty cool just 
catching up with other people and just basically just talking about the game we all love to watch. Yeah, love my Lakers. All right, take care, Daniel. This all right, thanks, our, man. This has been our interview with Daniel Belts on the Zotom Podcast. Check out all of our shows on, on our website, www.balltalkpod.com, or find our shows on iTunes, SoundCloud, or all of our social media accounts. Thank you.